This is the Next Level Running Podcast, brought to you by the expert coaches at Run Doyen, helping runners of all levels crush their goals on race day by matching you with the perfect coach or training plan. Welcome to this month's Instagram Live Running Replay here on the Next Level Running Podcast. Now, as always, I'm your host, David Jankowski, kicking off this month's short-form edition of the Next Level Running Podcast. This month, our founder, Jordan Welling, will be joined by Mark Hadley to talk a bit about speed training for marathoners. What types of things can you do to get your legs rolling so you can roll through your marathon? So those will be some of the things that Mark and uh, Jordan will talk about today. Uh, But before we kick that off, we haven't hit our 250 mark. I reminded you last month, uh, we gave you a goal, something to shoot for. But we're looking for 250 minimum uh, reviews on the Next Level Running Podcast. And that can just be clicking the number of stars you think is fair. So go, if you have time, take a pause. Go click in, lock in your answer, whatever that may be. Uh, Give us a ranking on whatever podcast platform it is you listen to this on. That really helps us out. And to then maybe I'll stop bothering you about giving us a ranking. But back to the meat of today's conversation. Like I said, Mark Hadley's joining us, one of our longtime coaches and our founder, Jordan Welling, to talk about speed training for the marathon. Uh, this is a Instagram live running replay. So this can also be found on our Instagram page where a lot of interesting stuff is going on right now. I encourage you to go check out the Instagram page, follow us there. That way you'll get a push notification whenever our coaches are going live. And you can participate in that conversation, throw your questions into the chat icon, and they'll answer them live and in real time. Once again, if you don't know already, that's at Rundoyen, at Rundoyen. I've also got a link in the description if you need help finding it. And of course, too, I have a link in the description to the Next Level Running Facebook group page. But that's enough preview before the conversation. Let me pass the floor back over to Jordan and Mark for the replay of this month's Instagram Live conversations. Again, we're going to be talking with Coach Mark Hadley here. We're bringing him in on Instagram Live to talk about marathon speed training for marathoners. Again, not a topic uh, that's commonly thought of for uh, marathoning, but we're going to talk about how you can integrate speed training, why it's important, types of workouts you can do, um, and again, why, most importantly, uh, marathoners should also be having phases of, of speed training. Let's see. Oh, okay. I think I missed the invite there. Now we should have him invited. Uh, coach Mark is one of our more veteran coaches here at Rundoyen. Um, again, he's been at this a long time, coached runners of all levels. He's coached hundreds of runners to qualify for the Boston Marathon. It's kind of one of his um, most notable accomplishments. Um, He's also coached some very, very fast runners. Bear with us. We'll get them in here uh, in just one second. This is the, okay, there we go. Mark, how are you doing, Mark? Hey, I'm doing fine. Can you hear me now? I can. I think we got a little bit of a better connection this time. So I was just saying too, to, to those that were listening, apologies for 
sort of the, the fake out on the first go live there. Uh, I think we're back now. It seems like with a stronger connection. So, uh, Mark, excited to have you. Thanks for joining uh, this evening. Yeah, thank you for having me. I apologize for the slow internet connection. I'm in, in rural Oregon, so you never know <laughs> what you're going to get. <laughs> no worries. No worries. It seems like we've got a good connection now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, again, I was uh, excited to dive into this topic, too, because I think it's not something that um, a lot of people think about when we think about marathon training. I know we have a lot of marathoners um, at Rondoyan, um, some seasoned and veteran marathoners, some that are aspiring marathoners that may be running 10Ks or half marathons and hope to maybe move up in the distance. Um, but we're going to be talking about speed training today for marathoners. And I think a lot of people, when they think about marathon training, it's are going to be pounding out long, long runs um, and building up that base. But um, we're going to talk about possibly an area of training that is maybe neglected by a lot of, a lot of runners, uh, the importance of it, why they should be doing it, when they should be doing it, and the types of workouts to help build that um, sort of speed base for a marathon or so. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to dig in if, if you're ready to go, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a uh, is an interesting topic. A, a lot of times you see uh, running marathoners are a little bit uh, apprehensive about speed and stuff. It's like, well, I'm, there's a reason why I'm a marathon runner. I'm not, you know, I'm not a, not a speed demon, but uh, it can be very beneficial. It doesn't have to be intimidating at all and, and can be very beneficial. Um, right. Yeah, I think to sort of, uh, you know, address that, that question, why do marathoners need to do speed work? Um, you know, I, I think it, the, the easy answer is one word, efficiency. Um, you know, as we do speed work, you know, we, we increase our, our aerobic power and um, we, we have greater uh, stride power to weight ratio. And, and those things help us become more efficient. Uh, you know, and so we're burning less calories per mile. Because you can only build, you know, if you use the analogy that, that build, a, a runner is like a, a building a car for a long race, you can have a big gas tank, and that's what those long runs and that's what that mileage does helps give you a big, big gas tank so to help you go a long ways. But you also want to get as you know as many miles per gallon as you can. You want to be as efficient as you can, uh, so that your gas tank goes longer. And that's what mm -hmm. you're doing with speed work, you know, in preparing for the marathon. Uh, you're just becoming more efficient, more economical at it. Uh, you know, by, by building up your, your aerobic power. Mm -hmm. I love that analogy. The longer and endurance stuff builds up the size of the gas tank, the shorter and faster stuffs build up your miles per gallon. And it's really the combination of those two, I think, what you're saying, right? Are they going to really yeah. be the outcome of performance on race day? It, it, exactly. You want to you arrive at the, the start line with that big old gas tank, but also <laughs> just sipping on the fuel uh, yeah. as you're going so, so that you get right. the whole way and you don't, don't bonk it. Right. 20 miles. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that makes sense. And I think if you think of it, whether your pace is, let's say your goal marathon pace is seven minute pace, um, you know, the easier you can make that feel, right? If you do it everything at that pace or slower, then that pace is probably going to feel a little bit faster. You're going to be sipping off that gas tank a little bit heavier, right? Right. Um, yeah. The, uh... and you're, that's a good point. It's, it's great from a mental standpoint, you know, as well. It's just because, you know, if you're doing work at faster than race pace, it just mentally makes race pace feel easier. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, there's a physical component, but there's also that mental component of, of you just feel more comfortable, more relaxed because you've done stuff faster than that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in, in your training. Um, but I think probably a good way to, to maybe uh, uh, back up and start this conversation is about 
what are we talking about when we're saying speed work? Because that, mm. that connotation can mean a lot of different things to yep. a lot of different runners. Um, I look at, at any type of work that's faster than our race pace as quality work, mm -hmm. uh, you know, some element of quality to it. And then quality work can be broken down into speed work or stamina work. Uh, it, it, you know, and so there's speed work is what we might think of as the, sh the shorter repeats and, and we're running 400s or 800s or mile repeats or things like that. Um, where the stamina work may be more of our tempo runs that we're doing. All of that's quality work. It's all faster than, than race-based. So technically, we could think of that as speed work. Um, but there's there's different flavors of it. And that's, you know, some of the things that we can talk about. Yeah. No, thanks for, yeah, I think we had been talking about, we're using the term speed and had yet to define it. So uh, thanks for thanks for helping to clarify that. Um, yeah. So now that we've kind of defined speed, um, what speed is for, for marathoners and types of, of uh, and why it's important. Um, now let's maybe jump into like types of workouts that marathoners can do. So what are types of these different types of speed and stamina workouts um, just yeah. more generally, and then maybe we'll get more specific later on. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, th th there's lots of different types of uh, speed workouts that marathoners can do and each one targets sort of different physiological points that then sort of help us out. Um, but, but it can be a variety of things. It can be, uh, you know, what I call fast repeats, which are, you know, 200s or 400 meter repeats or something that lasts, you know, maybe 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 90 seconds in length. And we're, that we're running those at a, uh, you know, a, a nice quick pace, maybe the pace that we can hold for like 10 minutes, you know, in, a, in an all out race. Um, and then there's some, there's VO2 max workouts. Uh, it, probably a lot of the marathoners out there are, are familiar with, with Yasso 800s or something like that. That's a VO2 max workout where we're really working on, it's a great aerobic power motor where you're sort of working on your, your maximum oxygen and, and blood uh, um, uh, pumping abilities. Um, th those are probably more repeats of 600 meters, 800 meters, half mile repeats, uh, you know, even thousand meter repeats a lot of runners do. Uh, th those are, are those are, are a great workout uh, to really build that uh, uh, you know like I said that that aerobic power component of it. Um, mm -hmm. Then the, the next step up is sort of groove repeats, repeats that are more like your uh, you know at about your 8k or 10k race pace. Uh, a lot of times runners will do uh, mile repeats, uh, for example, like a five by by one mile workout or something like that, where you're really sort of working at, you're you're sort of between lactate threshold and and VO2 max, where you're really working on your lactate tolerance. Again, it's another it's another great aerobic power builder. Um, there's lactate threshold uh, uh, work. It can be a tempo run, or it can be repeats at, at sort of your lactate threshold um, race. And just to give you sort of an idea of the paces of these, you know, VO2 max is maybe what you can do. You can hold for 15 minutes in a race. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, faster runners that might be at five closer to 5k pace. Uh, uh, you know, uh, a little bit slower runners that might be more like your two mile, uh, uh, you know, race pace type of time. Uh, but that's what you're talking about, like VO2 max. If you go up to uh, lactate threshold, uh, so some of your shorter tempo runs or some of your tempo repeats uh, would be would be done at at what you could hold for 60 minutes in an all out effort. So if you were, you know, if you were a, a runner who could run 10 mile race in 60 minutes six minutes a mile, that would be a sort of your lactate threshold. And that's mm -hmm. what the type of pace you would be trying to do some of these, uh, the, these other workouts in. Then you have, uh, you know, aerobic uh, threshold, uh, which is a little bit slower. It's, it's closer to what you could hold for two hours. It's, uh, it's, it's maybe about four or 5% slower than what you 
do for a lactate threshold. Those are some of your longer tempos, your eight mile tempo runs, a little bit longer tempo runs, which become really important in marathon. That's really what's gonna give you the efficiency is to have a good lactate threshold is really gonna improve your, your aerobic efficiency uh, and really help you out on, on marathon day. But to get to that point, you have to sort of get the underpinnings uh, of it. The, 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 other, the, the, the faster, other faster workouts will sort of help you build that uh, aerobic threshold. Mm-hmm. And then the one that most people forget about, it's considered a, it's, it's a speed workout, but like Frank Shorter said, it's a speed workout in disguise is, is hill repeats. Hill repeats is a great workout for, for marathon runners. You know, one of the things I, I mentioned originally was efficiency. And one of the uh, components of efficiency was a great stride power to weight ratio. And there's no better way to build that than with uh, hill repeats. So, mm-hmm. so that could be a, a great workout that, you know, that qualifi- qualifies as a quality workout. Maybe we're only doing going up the hill at tempo pace, but running up a hill at tempo pace is, is definitely a lot of work. Uh, so the hill repeats can be, be another component that we would use, uh, you know, in, in that as well. Mm. That's great. And I'm guessing that's a lot of super insightful information about the different training paces. And uh, maybe I'll share for those with, that may have been a lot to take in there. Um, go check out our running pace calculator on rundoing.com. Uh, it's rundoing.com backslash running dash pace dash calculator or go to rundoing.com, click on more, and then click on the pace calculator. Um, you'll see descriptions of all these different training zones that Mark just talked about. Uh, you'll also be able to see your individualized training paces based on um, you know, your race goal um, for each of those different zones. And I think just to summarize kind of a lot of what Mark's saying is all these different training places pay and, uh, play a cr- critical part in, in a runner's training, no matter what distance you're training for, even if you're training for a marathon, you've still at times got to go touch on sort of those lower training zones, uh, types of workouts and paces as well. You know, maybe not as much as someone who might be training for a mile, uh, but they can't be neglected. Uh, I think no matter whether you're a miler, you still got to do long runs. If you're a marathoner, you still got to do speed work. Yes, it's going to be over-indexed, you know, to, to sort of the specificity of uh, your event. Um, but it's sort of the balance and always, no matter being a balanced runner and working on all those different training paces, um, are important. Um, would you say I summarized that? Uh, yeah, no, that, that I, on that sort of summary, I, I think, I think that, w- that was right on the money, you know, and, and I think maybe one of the important things to, to, uh, to remind marathoners is, um, not to get stressed over paces. You know, a lot of times people think I got to do speed work on the, they, they think I got to put on my fast shoes and I got to be on the track and yeah, I got to have to go real fast. And, that, and, and that's not necessarily the case. The further away you get from your race pace, so you know, marathon pace for a marathoner, the further away you get from it, uh, the less important the exact pace is. Uh, mm-hmm. So when you're doing, if you're doing a short speed workout as a marathoner, you know, it's, it's about going out there and putting in the effort. It doesn't really matter exactly what your pace mm-hmm. is. And exactly what your time is, you know, so be kind to yourself out there. Don't, uh, don't go like, Oh man, I didn't hit those, those, those quarters in 90 seconds. I'm not going to do it. You know, that, that's not that important. The, the predictive workouts, the workouts that are going to tell you what kind of pace you can run in the race are the ones closest to your race pace. And, and so a 400 meter repeat workout is not that for a marathoner. So it's a good workout to do. It has its benefits, but it's not going to be predictive of what your, mm-hmm. what your marathon time is. So yeah. don't, don't stress yourself about feeling mm-hmm. you, you have to hit those. And as marathon runners, we're not necessarily always used to in, 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 in uh, running these fast workouts. So I always recommend to runners to, 
to start to start slow, ease into them. You know, if you have a target time of say 90 seconds for a 400, you know, give yourself uh, two or three to get down to that. You know, start at 93, 94, and, and work your way down and, and ease into the workout. Um, you know, you're going to feel a lot better, and, and and it helps the body, gives the body time to warm up because a lot of times we're not used to that high intensity. Uh, you know, that maybe a miler might might be used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always personally found that really effective um, versus workouts. I felt like these are the fastest possible times I could hit in a workout. I tried to hit that on the first one and then just try to hold it. Um, oftentimes led to sort of, you know, burning out or having to cut the workout short versus kind of giving your time to work into it and finishing strong. Um, I think you can get a lot more uh, out of workout for sure. I think also to your point about, you know, not worrying too much about the paces as they get longer, right? If it's as the race distances get longer, there's so many more variables, right? I think when you compare like somebody running a mile, it's it's four laps, it's on a track, it's controlled, it's a short distance. It's like, since it's like, yeah, you're going to be more, uh, you know, you may be looking at the 10th of second of, of your 400 splits and workouts and stuff that might mean something, you know, but I think as you get longer, it's like there's, you know, when you get out on race day, there's so many variables and ups and downs you're going to have to overcome and, Focusing sometimes more on the effort than a specific pace is, is what's most important. And it's sort of that collective work over the long run that, that's going to accumulate um, to the results and, and not just sort of that one day where you, you just smash it all in, in one day. Is that is that right? Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right. You know, and, and another good point is 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 if you're doing a workouts with a, with a buddy, say you have a, a buddy you run marathons with and you go do workouts and he can do the workouts faster than you, don't worry. Uh, because because mm. there's all sorts of different types of runners that you might be the same on race day, but he might be a little bit more of a speed runner than you are. You're a little bit more of an endurance guy and, and, and stuff. And so he might be faster than you on speed work, or you might be beating your buddy, but don't necessarily count him out, um, you know, come marathon day because there's different uh, uh, different types. And so when you get further away from your race distance that you're matched well at, there could be there could be differences in your pace. You know, I, 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 I saw that, all, you know, all the time, especially in, in college, you know, where I was, uh, I was a distance guy and, 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 and uh, you know, some of the more eight middle distance runners, 800 runners and stuff, we would have workouts that uh, uh, they would crush me at and I'd have other workouts that I'd crush them at and stuff. And we'd sort of maybe meet around, you know, 5k or something like that where it would yeah. be even. So it can be, it can vary a lot, uh, um, you know, from, from runner to runner. So don't, uh, don't stress too much. Uh, you right. know, if one of your training partners is faster or slower than you in the, in the, these, these types right. of Right. Great. So the next question I had, and I think we maybe already hit on it. Uh, and maybe I can answer then we can go on to the next cause I kind of already did, but how fast do I need to run these speed workouts? I think the short answer is go check out the run and Hadley pace calculator. There you go. Uh, <laughs> it'll tell you sort of suggested workout paces. Um, again, we said those are sort of guidelines. Um, but again, those who are interested in like some of these different workout zones we're talking about, uh, just go to rundoyen.com, click on more. And then within that, you'll see the pace calculator. Uh, and this is a running pace calculator with different workout zones, um, that will give you very specific and individualized paces based on your current level of fitness. And so you can learn about each of these different workout zones and you can find your individual pace, um, and, and what you should be running those at. Um, again, as a as a guideline and sort of as a zone, not something to be super set in stone, as, as we just talked about how important it is to sort of go by feel, uh, understand your body and adapt, uh, you know, based on how each workout is going is is very important as well. 
Um, yeah, I tell people these are good, you know, paces and, and, and this time are good sanity checks. You know, you want to go out there and you, you want to run the workout, you know, the, the right effort and the right feel of the workout. And then the pace is having that pace calculator. So gives you a sanity check to make, see if you're, if you're in the right, make sure you don't start off too fast, uh, you know, and stuff by, by having those paces. And it's a good feedback tool and it's a good uh, sanity check, but it's not necessarily the, the, the driver that's going to determine if your workout was successful or not. It's, it's, you know, if you go out there and you execute it well and you uh, uh, put in the effort, you're going to get the benefits from it. Yeah. Great. Um, so when again we talk about like speed workouts i think most people what pops into most people's mind is going to be a track um is that the best place to do some of these faster workouts when you're doing repeats of specific distances you go to track where you know the distance um you run in a loop is that sort of the best place to do it um or is it the only place to do it what what are possible options for doing some yeah. of these sort of more yeah. fast workouts yeah absolutely you you, you don't have to have a track you know, and, and access to a lot of tracks nowadays in, in a lot of uh, communities and locations are, is restricted uh, where they'll have the tracks locked up and, and stuff. So it's hard to find a track sometimes. Uh, you know, track can be a great place to do it. I love doing track workouts I, I, because I don't have to worry about cars. I know the distance. It's all, it's all marked out for me and everything. But but you absolutely can do a, a good speed workout anywhere. You can do it out on a you know a, a, a paved path. You can do it out on the streets. You can there, there's a lot of different locations. Uh, you, you just want to find something for for the faster workouts. You you want to find something that's fairly flat uh, and and pretty good surface. Uh, you don't want to do a lot of slipping, especially when you're trying to run fast. But but other than that, you, you definitely don't have to go um, you know on a track. We're not going to race a marathon on the track, most of us. Uh, so uh, you, you don't have to run on a track at all during your training if you don't want to. Um, it, it can be a good option, but it's not it, it's not necessary at all. And you can do it in a variety of different ways. You don't have to just do by distance. You can do by time. You can do repeats by time or a tempo. I'm going to do a 30-minute tempo run. Or you can say, I'm going to do a four-mile tempo run or, or whatever works. So there's a lot of different options. Um, but you yeah. want to get to, you know, you want to get to the point where, you know, even if you forgot your watch in your gym bag one day and you had to do a workout, that you could go out and execute a workout and, and, and accomplish a lot without necessarily having your watch uh, there. So, um, you know, you, and you should be able to do it uh, almost anywhere. So, you know, just don't uh, get totally obsessed with, I got to do this on the track or I got to do this here. You, there, there's no absolutes like that. You can do yeah. it, uh, you know, wherever, wherever fits you well. I would recommend, you know, a flatter surface, uh, you know, a flatter area. Um, but if you're doing a little bit longer stuff, you're doing temple runs and stuff like that, Having a little bit of rolling terrain in there is perfectly fine as well. Great. Um, then what about shoes? Um, should you be wearing in, let's say you are on a track, should you be wearing spikes or different, you know, extra fast shoes? Or should you be wearing uh, shoes that you'll be racing in or what about your, or your training shoes? Um, any thoughts there? Yeah, yeah, and it depends a little bit, you know, on on individuals and how fast you're you're talking about running. I definitely don't don't think marathoners need to wear spikes, uh, uh, I'm yeah. at all in 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 their training. Uh, just that extra quarter second that that's going to give you doesn't really it's not going to really make a difference in in your training. It'll probably be cause a little bit more stress to your calves than than, than it's worth. Um, but you know, I think for faster workouts, for for, for for speed workouts, especially on the faster end, I think having a lighter shoe, something that you might race a, a five or ten k on the road in, it's a little bit bit lighter and more responsive, uh, can, can be a good idea on your speed workouts. 
Um, and then, uh, you know, on your temple runs, I like to tell, tell runners, on their temple runs, it's probably good to, to wear a shoe that you're going to, uh, similar to what you're going to be racing in. And, mm. and you know, that uh, for some runners, they have a variety of different shoes. These are my real cushion shoes I do for the long runs, and these are shoes I do for uh, uh, temple runs, and here's are my, my speed shoes. And so I was one of those runners. I had multiple different, uh, uh, m- multiple different types. But, you know, and some runners are, are, are fine if it, that uh, uh, they just have w- one type of shoe that they wear for all the runs. That's okay as well. Uh, but it can be, uh, uh, you know, the faster you get, sometimes you want, you want to get a little bit, a uh, little, little bit extra in there and, uh, you know, and go with a little bit lighter shoe. But uh, um, like I said, the, the, on the real fast stuff, it, it doesn't really matter exactly the pace you're running at. So, you know, don't don't go uh, overboard on on getting an ultra fast shoe yeah. to try to get those last you know half a second off your time. It's not it's it's probably not going to be worth it. <laughs> right, great. Um, okay, so when within a training cycle should this be a focus? Should it be sort of hey, it's maybe if someone's coming into sort of the off season, they don't have uh, a marathon on the calendar a long time. Is that the best time to focus a little bit more on speed? Or should they be sharpening up with more of speed as they get closer to a marathon um, or yeah. somewhere in between? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on when is the right time within a training cycle or training period to, yeah. to incorporate some of the faster workouts? I, I was anticipating we might talk about that. So I made, made myself a little chart here that we can sort of walk through. Um, <laughs> so if we took like an 18-week training cycle, which is pretty standard amount of time, say we're going to do an 18-week training cycle, we're going to have the first couple of weeks of, of base uh, phase, and then we're going to have an eight-week uh, specific or fundamental phase, and followed by an eight-week specific phase. Pretty, pretty typical marathon uh, uh, training cycle. Um, in a base phase, we're probably not going to do any speed work, uh, or, or everything's going to be very light. It might just be a few pickups during a run. We're basically just trying to establish our our, our base before we get into our our training. Just starting to up our mileage a little bit get to a base level of mileage and, and then be ready to, to, to go. So there's really not, not much speed involved in, in a, a base phase. But then when we get into a fundamental phase and we're actually really kicking off our, our, our core training, um, I recommend in a, uh, to break up your, your um, fundamental phase into two, two portions, an uh, early phase and a late phase. In the early phase, it's a great time to do uh, your faster speed work your hill repeats and your faster speed work. So your, your fast repeats and your VO2 max and your, uh, and your hill repeats. Those are things that uh, you know, are, are the fastest things that you're gonna do. It really builds, builds a lot of stride power and really starts to build that aerobic, uh, uh, that aerobic power. That's on the speed side. On the stamina side of quality, uh, you know, probably more of your lactate threshold type of workouts, your, your shorter tempos, or your tempo repeats like four and five mile temp uh, by four four or five by one mile tempo repeats or or something like that. So that you're working at your lactate threshold, and and so you're doing sort of the faster end of your stamina and the faster end of your uh, uh, of your speed during the early fundamental phase. And then later fundamental phase, you sort of transition a little bit. Now you're talking about more your VO2 max and your groove repeats on the speed side. So you're now you're talking about your half mile repeats, your mile repeats, and, and, and sort of building up as you go. So in the first part, you were maybe doing more, more quarter mile repeats, uh, and now you're getting a, lo- a little bit longer repeats. Um, and then on the, uh, uh, on the stamina side, probably more your lactate threshold 
uh, workouts, you're still you're still um, working on those, and maybe every once in a while throwing an aerobic threshold in there, and, and that's really sort of in your uh, the second half of your fundamental phase. Great. Then as we transition into like the last eight weeks now, so now we're talking about your specific phase. You're really focused in on the marathon and really getting into to prime marathon shape. Uh, now you're doing more stamina workouts than you are speed workouts. So that the mix has changed a little bit. You're, you're, you're focused more on your stamina workout. You're doing lactate threshold work, uh, tempo runs, some longer tempo runs, a lot of aerobic threshold tempo runs. Uh, various different workouts in there to sort of really build. So your 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 focus early on was um, uh, more on the faster side. Now you're getting closer to the race. You're starting to work more and more on things that are closer to your race pace. So your longer tempo runs, and then every once in a while touching base on the speed side just to make sure you're you're maintaining your aerobic power. And uh, you know groove repeats, mile repeats, I think are a great workout for a marathon or during a a specific phase where you're running five or six one mile repeats at a, you know, like 10 K type pace. Uh, really it's enough to, to keep, keep that aerobic power good um, while you're really focusing a lot of your work on, on doing those, those longer tempos and, and those, uh, you know, three by three mile workout, eight mile tempo, 10 mile tempo, those type of things that uh, are really going to build that aerobic threshold. And, you know, all, all of the work that you have done previously in the cycle sort of, work together to help build you to that aerobic threshold, make that aerobic threshold as good as it can be, because that's the type of, uh, you know, efficiency that's really going to help you in that marathon. Right. So that was uh, a lot of stuff real quick. That's a lot of stuff, but that's great. And again, I think I'm going to point people again to a couple of different resources, if that sounded like a lot. Uh, one, the Rundoyan Hadley calculator. Go to rundoyan.com, click more, and then click on the calculator. Get some definitions of each of these different training zones. Uh, and then it just reminded me of the, the marathon training guide we put together. I think a lot of what you just talked about in the different phases of a marathon, um, we have outlined in there. In fact, I've got it pulled up here. I might do a little uh, turn the screen for those who are watching on. I know some people will be watching this on the podcast and won't be able to see. Um, let's see if – are you able to see anything here, Mark? But you can kind of yeah. see some of this content. I know that um, these are kind of the different uh, – you got the little crown. I don't know. What do you – do you have a name for this uh, uh, yeah, the, framework here? Yeah, the, the Hadley Liberty uh, Training Cycle. The Liberty Training Cycle. Um, <laughs> again, so we've got lots of great resources and more detail of what Mark just talked about, if that was a lot of information for the listeners to take in. Um, we've got this. If you go to rundoing.com and scroll all the way to the very bottom in the footer, there will be a little link that says Marathon Training Guide. It's many pages put together by all of our coaches. Um, and again, a lot of that, what Mark just talked about was sort of his section about the different phases of a marathon. So um, if you're interested in that, those different training paces, how to incorporate speed into each of those phases and how that all comes together over the course of a training cycle, uh, check out that marathon training guide or check out the running uh, pace calculator uh, on our website at rundoyan.com. I, I think, uh, uh... Uh, Jordan, maybe a simple, a simpler way for me to explain it rather than all that detail. I just think is early in a training cycle, you want to focus uh, uh, more on the faster side, your your shorter intervals, your speed, and as as the training cycle goes along and uh, you get closer to your race, you want to have you want to uh, move up in distance and slow down in pace. So until you get closer to the marathon, by the time you're at the marathon, you're running, uh, you're doing a lot of workouts that are 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 closer to your marathon pace, speed workouts out of the longer tempos, that, that type of thing. But you want to have a, a variety in there. You never want to totally 
uh, uh, leave everything. So even early in your cycle, you'll still have some tempo runs. And even late in your cycle, you'll still have some speed work. But the general trend will be the focus will be on shorter, faster stuff early and gradually right. building as you go until you're, you're in the longer stuff later. Great summary. Thanks. Um, all right. So I've got one last question for you. You hit on a little bit before Yasso 800s. Um, I've heard the term a lot and I'll be honest, I wasn't entirely familiar or never have been entirely familiar with what they are. Um, first of all, tell us what they are. Um, a lot of, I do hear a lot of runners talk about them. Um, how can it sort of, is it actually in your opinion, a good predictor, um, of, of sort of a, a marathon predictor of your marathon fitness? Um, and, yeah. and do you recommend doing them? Are yes. they good or not? Uh, let's hear everything uh, you have to think about it in terms of first explain what it is and, and sort yeah. of sure. thought about how it can uh, be incorporated uh, in training. Yeah. So 800s are, are, are workout, uh, that's been popularized by, by Bart. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a famous runner and coach and, and he, um, basically it's 10, 400s, I'm sorry, sorry, 10, 800s, um, uh, done with, uh, uh the, Recovery varies a little bit, but most often it's done with a quarter mile jog recovery. So you're running half mile repeats, 10 half mile repeats with a half a quarter mile jog uh, recovery in between them. And uh, the uh, uh, really the popularity of this workout is because uh, um, uh, a lot of times people can run their uh, the pace that, that they can run uh, for the 800 is similar to the pace uh, for the marathon in total time. So I give you an example. Say you run those half mile repeats in three minutes and 30 seconds. Um, and often you can run a marathon in three hours and 30 minutes. So that, <laughs> excuse me. So that the 330 um, time is similar to what your marathon time, your, the minute and seconds is similar to the hours and minutes in the marathon. Um, it's, it's a great VO2 max workout. It's something that I would probably use, you know, early to mid, uh, fund, fundamental phase. It's a, it's a good workout. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a great VO2 max workout. Um, but it's not really predictive of, of your marathon time because 800 VO2 max is not going to determine how fast you can run a marathon. So what happens a lot of times is if you can run a three hour and 30 minute marathon, you can probably do that workout. But just because you can do the workout doesn't mean you can run a three hour and 30 minute marathon. Um, so it's, it, it's not great as a, as a predictor. Um, it's sort of, you know, in hindsight, yes. Uh, uh, if you ran a 330, you probably were able to do that workout, but not everybody that does that workout can, can, can run 330, but it is a, it is a good quality speed workout. Um, it's just not a, not, not, not a predictor. You, you wouldn't go to something that different from what your race pace is to get a good predictor. Uh, of what of what you're going to be able to do in the race right. you know it's probably more what you can do a 10 mile tempo run in or how your long runs are going are going to determine more what you're going to be able to do in the marathon not a, a faster speed workout right at the end of the day it's what 20 it's it's five miles of distance the marathon's 26. 26 over just to do simple math five divided yeah. by 20 it's, it's less than 20 percent of the actual race distance right so it's hard to get a good predictor of a certain distance when you're running, I don't know, 18, 19 percent right. of that distance only, right? So yeah, no, exactly, um, exactly. A good it, workout, it, but it, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a good workout. It's just an actual, it's just a numerical uh, uh, coincidence that it sort of works out like that, uh, and, and and it yeah. does for a lot of people. I mean, it's it, you know, it, it is true for a lot of people, but but it's it doesn't really say that you're going to be able to run in that time. It's more the opposite. If you can run a marathon in that time, you can probably do that workout. Mm. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great to know. Great to break down some of those, some of those myths and misconceptions. Maybe um, again, not to discredit that that type of workout that you're saying, but um, you know, sometimes there there is no easy way to run a marathon. Maybe some people are looking for the <laughs> the shorter well, I, yeah. the shorter way to run a marathon and figure out their marathon fitness. It's it's tough to do without without running one. Yeah, and the reason why I mentioned this is because I, I'll have calls with, with runners on a regular basis. And a lot of time they're like, I don't understand why I didn't run this time because I read this workout and it, it predicted yeah. I was going to be able to, to, to run this marathon in, 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 in uh, you know, time. And I'm like, well, that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's good you were able to do that workout. It was a good workout, but that's, that's more going to determine what you can run a 5K or 10K and right. not, not what you're going to be able to do a marathon in. Yeah. It's just one building block. It's not it the, the house itself, right? It's doing that type of workout exactly. and proving that you can hit the paces. It's, it's a piece of the foundation, but there's, there's other elements of the house uh, that have to be built as well in order to put it all together on race day. Yep. It's nice hubcaps on the, uh, on the race car that we're building, but we still need to build that big gas tank. <laughs> we still need to get that. Right, right, right. Um, all right, Mark, I think that's a, that's a great way to end the evening. Um, Thanks so much for joining. For those who might just be tuning in here toward the end, I know uh, we'll re be republishing the full uh, broadcast here of the, our uh, discussion this evening um, on our feed here on Instagram, as well as on our podcast, the Next Level Running Podcast. Um, you might be catching the replay there on the podcast as you're listening to this. In that case, uh, jump over to Instagram, at Rundoin. Join us next time we go live. Um, and, uh, yeah, we look forward to um, – Continue the conversation next month uh, with another guest, um, Mark. If and if anyone out there, you know, Mark's one of our more veteran coaches. He's been at this a long, long time. Um, as you can tell from the conversation today, has an incredible wealth of knowledge and experience. Um, again, a lot of this what he talked about today. This isn't sort of like this is actually some of his own work that he's developed um, into some of these training groups and stuff. So he's done. He's put in a lot of effort and 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 um, in a sense a thought leader in the industry in terms of. Um, developing uh, ways to approach training in the different training zones. So um, if you want to work with Mark, he's, uh, you know, you can find him there on rundoing.com, find his bio page, shoot him a message. And um, if you're interested in hire him as your coach, um, I'm sure he'd love to help you train for your next race, uh, crush your running goals that you have, set some new PRs, um, whatever they might be. Um, again, whether that's the marathon, 5K or 10K or half marathon, anything in between. Uh, Mark and our coaches are there to help you. Um, yeah, so I'll leave it uh, with that. Mark, any any last words you wanna you wanna close on? Uh, yeah, the last thing I'd probably say is, is don't let speed work intimidate you as a marathoner. It's got great benefits, but uh, you don't have to worry about lacing up spikes and going sprinting fast. It's just just have fun with it. It's fun to run fast, and, and it can be very beneficial for you. Great. We've got some fans there in the comments saying they highly recommend you. Uh, so possibly some of your athletes have been tuning in tonight, which is great to see. Um, all right, Mark, thanks so much again for taking the time this evening. Uh, really appreciate it. Lots of great insight. Um, I know a lot of runners out there are going to find it helpful as they uh, start to incorporate more speed training uh, to diversify, um, diversify their training blocks and become more holistic and, and better marathoners. So yeah. um, super valuable. And thanks again for the time. And we look forward right. to, to talking next time. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. See, See ya. Bye. All right. That'll wrap us up for this month's edition of the Next Level Running Podcast and this Instagram Live running replay. A big thanks to Jordan Welling and Mark Hadley for walking us through some ways to consider speed training for our marathon. A lot of 
interesting things to think about, the hows, wins, whys of incorporating speed training to help push our marathon forward. Now that said, you can catch conversations like this every month on our Instagram page, at Run Doyen. I've got a link in the description of that. That way you can actually ask your questions to our coaches as they're conversing. You get a push notification on your phone if you're subscribed to us. That'll let you know that we're going live. That way you can join that conversation. Two, I think you heard Jordan and Mark talking a bit about our marathon training guide. I put a link in the description of that to make it a little bit easier for you to find. A lot of great information there. And one last one before I let you go. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Go give us a ranking. Whatever you think is fair. Once we get to that 250 number, I'll stop giving you this this reminder every single month. Uh, Wouldn't that be nice? But with that, I'll be back here on the 26th with the full form edition of the Next Level Running Podcast coming back at you. But until then, carpe corum, go seize the run. Thank you for joining us here on the Next Level Running Podcast, your source for training advice from the expert coaches at Run Doyen. If you're ready to take your training and racing to the next level, head over to rundoyen.com and get matched to your ideal coach who will provide you with the highly customized online training you need to start crushing your goals on race day.